thank God uh, during this church anniversary month, uh, 18 new members who went to new members orientation in Westerville. Excited about that, that they will be receiving the right hand of fellowship. Amen. To the 1030 worship, if you want to stay and see who they are. Amen. I know some of you have uh, to get home, you have wings, you have to cook, and be the cheese, and open some cans of Rotel, and get yourself together and put some stuff on ice. I didn't say what you're going to put on ice. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. the assembling of ourselves together as the manner or habit of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice of sin. Amen. Amen. Let me read that again. Verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Amen. Look at your neighbor just briefly. This may be the last time you talk to a neighbor. With the help of God, with the help of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, our prayers, our pastors, and preach about it. Grounded in faith, growing to serve. Amen. You may be seated, y'all. Come on in. Amen. Those who are standing in the back, come on in. She's pleased with those of you. And I just thank you so much for serving the Lord today. Grounded in faith, growing to serve. We can there are many people today that see no real need to be attached, to attend, or be actively involved in a local assembly. However, when you look at the first century church, attachment, attendance, and active involvement was not an option. In Acts chapter 2, around verse 41 through 42, the word of God declares, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine, and they continued in the apostle doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And they continuing daily, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and bringing bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. 
to save a simple with other believers on the regular for worship, prayer, sharing, and fellowship. The question has arisen, does belonging to a local assembly save me? Does it make me a believer? Well, church membership, your participation in church, nor baptism will save you. For by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are saved by grace and grace alone. But if you are saved, you ought to be identified and involved with a local assembly. Because the Bible does not teach Christianity apart from church entity. That is, if you are a Christian, a child of God, you ought to be connected to a local assembly of believers. But not only should you be connected to one, but you ought to be actively involved in that assembly you have attached yourself to. Yes, you can be saved without going to church, but I'm not sure a person can be a healthy, growing, fruitful Christian by forsaking the assembly on a regular. I'll say that again. You can be saved. You can be on your way to heaven and not attend church, but I'm not sure a person can be a healthy, growing, productive, fruitful Christian by a faith of forsaking the assembly on a regular basis. It has been suggested as this writer is writing, Joseph Elsie Jr., he is writing to believers who were experiencing a time of persecution. In verse 23, he says, hold tightly to the hope, referring to both what they believe about God and what they have said to others concerning their God. And when they were converted and baptized, believers in the first century church had no, no shame in sharing with others what they believed about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the writer says, hold on to what you have previously claimed. Hold on without wavering. Hold on without doubting. Even though persecution is coming your way, hold on to what you believe. Don't just claim it when times are going well. Don't just claim it when you're feeling good, when life is all smooth. But when life gets rough and rocky, he says, hold on to the profession of your faith. And they could hold on, D.D., because the God who they trusted in, they believed that whatever promise he made, he is able to perform it. And that's what helps us when life gets rough and rocky, because we know the God in whom we believe is able to perform whatever he said he is able to do. And since God is faithful to us, we ought to be faithful to him. And since God won't give up on us, we ought not ever give up on him. And since God will never walk away from us, we should never walk away from him. But we should hold on to the profession of our faith without wavering. He says, you've been grounded, so hold on. But understand this being grounded comes with a responsibility. What is the responsibility? That is, we are to serve 
our brothers and sisters uh, that they might continue to hold on to the profession uh, of their faith. Uh, we don't simply serve God, but we serve one another. I wish I had a witness here so they can hold on to the profession of their faith. Uh, that's why he says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, but when you come together, you have a responsibility to the person sitting to your left and your right. What does he say? Four little things, and I'm going to be out of the way so we can get to these life groups. Uh, the first thing he says uh, is let us eye one another. Let us eye one another. Eye one another. Because the word uh, consider in the Greek, uh, it means to notice, to observe, uh, to look upon. It means to give uh, attention to, to watch over. It's in the present tense, uh, which means uh, that we should constantly consider one another. Just as we are to always be thinking about Jesus. You know the song, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Just like we are to keep our minds on him, we should always be thinking about the people who are attached to our local assembly. Matter of fact, John said it like this, that our love for one another should not simply be in words, but it should also be seen in in action. This is a reminder of mutual care and concern and compassion for one another that reflects the love of Jesus Christ. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. We know we have passed from death unto life because we love the family of faith. This ought to be a concern of every believer who is a part of of the family of God. True Christianity will lead you to prayerfully consider the needs, the growth, and the concerns of your brothers and sisters. And even if when you are not physically together, they ought to be on your mind. When you are praying during the week, you ought to lift up people who belong to your local assembly. I wish I had somebody, because for the most part, we only see each other on Sundays, but then you don't know how their week may go. So you ought to take out some time and consider them. Lord, I don't know what Woody's going through this week, but God, thank you that you laid him on my heart. God, I pray that you would do right now for him what only you can do. God, I don't know what Willie is going through, but you ought to pray and lift him up just like the priest of the Old Testament who wore on their breastplate. They had jewels and it represented each tribe it was laid on the breastplate. It was in the breastplate. That is, it was on their heart. The people was always on their heart. And when we consider one another, those of us who are connected together, who are part of the same family, who are part of the same church during the week, you ought to be praying for the members who are connected to the same church. I wish I had a witness. He says, not only are we to eye one another, but he says, let us inflame one another. This word provoke in the text, it means to stimulate strongly. It means to arouse, or in a negative sense, it means to incite a riot. It means to incite a riot. So really what he's saying is we need a riot, but we need a riot of love and a riot of good works. Because a riot is a large public 
display of, of some type of event and normally it is an aggressive and violent event but he says we need to become aggressive and violent when it comes to our love we need to spur or to stimulate each other in two areas that is love and good deeds when he talks about love he's not talking about a fuzzy feeling or some emotion but it's a choice to act regardless of our feelings. I'm going to love you regardless of how I feel. I'm going to love you with the same love he loved me. Because if the truth be told, there are some days and some things we've done that God really shouldn't be feeling us. But he still loves us. And some Christians, listen, then and well as today, were not going to the church meetings, but they were missing out because they were not being stirred up or they were not being stimulated to love or be involved in good works or good deeds. And to withdraw yourself from the corporate worship is a disaster. It is an invitation to invite disaster into your life. Like any soldier who is on the battlefield but yet lags behind the rest of the platoon has set him or herself up to be an easy target for the enemy. So what we've got to make sure is that we stay with the rest of the group and the rest of the platoon because we encourage one another to keep fervent in love and active in our service to God. Listen to what the writer of Proverbs says, 18 and 1, whoever isolates himself seeks his own. He breaks out against all sound judgment. 1 Corinthians 10 and 24 says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. We need one another, because when we come together, we rub up against one another, and we sharpen one another. We help one another go through the rough and difficult times of life. You need people in your life who will stir you up to love and good work. I was reading an article the other day by Dr. H.B. Charles, and H.B. said we have too many folk who come to church with the wrong mentality, coming saying church is boring, I don't really get anything out of it, it doesn't meet my needs. Corporate worship is not a spectator sport where you simply show up and receive the ministry of others. You give an offering, greet your friends and a few acquaintances, and and then you go home thinking and talking about whether the service suited your taste, touched your emotions, or met your needs. Corporate worship is three-dimensional. God blesses us, and we bless God. I said three-dimensional, not two. God blesses us, and we bless God. But then we are to bless one another by saying and doing those things that will stir up love and good work. Whenever I come, I should not always come looking for a blessing, but I should come and be a blessing because, Lord, somebody needs my encouragement. Somebody is going through, and God, somebody needs to have a warm, 
They need a warm smile. They need a friendly smile, a firm handshake. They just need to hear somebody say, how you doing this morning? They need to see a friendly face. They need some encouragement because they need to know that they can make it regardless of what they're going through. We have been grounded in faith, but baby, we are growing to serve, to serve God and to serve one another. He says, let us inflame one another, but then he says, let us encourage one another. Because when we come together, it's to encourage one another in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I need you and you need me. Come on, just tell the neighbor one time. Don't get irritated and start tripping. You don't want to talk to him. Just tell him one time, I need you and you need me. You see, it's like the California redwood trees. Woody, those trees, they are so tall, but guess what? They're tall and they are old. Matter of fact, some of those trees have been standing 2,500 years long, but as a result, you would think the redwoods, you would think their roots are real deep and, and they have many roots, but the, the truth is they don't have that many roots and their roots don't go very deep, but what their roots do is they spread out and they intertwine with the tree that's next to it. So when the storms rage and the winds blow, those redwoods stand because they're connected with another tree that's standing with them. And so it is with you and I that when the winds are blowing, we can stand because we're connected with somebody else in the family of faith. I need you and you need me. Why should I come to church? Why should I not forsake the assembly? Attend that you may cheer up and help your brother and sister. Attend that your example might draw sinners to the call of the gospel. Attend for your own spiritual benefit, which will only be supported in the assembly of the believers. Remember, on the other hand, when you are absent or AWOL, it will dishonor your Savior who as was his custom he was always found in the sanctuary is there anybody here that will grieve and dishearten and injure other believers who show up and need your kind and words of encouragement and they need that shoulder to lean on it will prevent you from receiving the blessings that sometimes God only bestows in the sanctuary it was that man with that withered hand when he did get healed but it happened in the temple. It was that woman who was bent over for 18 years and he said woman thou art loose but it happened in the sanctuary. It was that man who was paralyzed and his friends understood there were only some things that's going to happen in the house so they took off the roof and lowered him down inside. I wish there was somebody in here. There are some things that happen only in the sanctuary. It was the psalmist that said, I almost slipped, I almost lost it, but when I went in the sanctuary, then understood I... You got to attend. We need to show up. But what I discovered, what I 
discovering the key drug is sometimes we can be present and absent at the same time. We can be present and absent at the same time. That is, we might be present, but we neglect the assembly. How do I do that, Pastor? What you mean, man? You must be tripping. No, you neglect the meeting when you go to church and you sit in the hallway rather than coming in here with the rest of us. You neglect the meeting when you show up with a bad attitude, what sidelines you in worship. You're so sour and so negative. You can't even worship. You are neglecting the assembly. You neglect the meeting when you spend time in the service, sleeping, walking, talking, passing notes, checking Facebook, checking the email. You neglect the service when you have done your part in the worship. You disengage from the remainder of the worship as though you have done your performance and now it's time for you to disengage. When you come here, you need to come in here and participate in the worship. Ain't nobody got up this early in the morning, got dressed and coming here to act like God ain't done nothing and church ain't important. You ought to come in here with your heart ready to lift him up and magnify his name again. You ought to come in ready to help encourage a brother or sister. He says, let us inflame one another. But nasty, if I hit this last one real quick, let us exhort one another. The aim is faith sustaining. We aim to help each other to persevere, to grow in faith. The day refers to when Christ shall return. Can you tell your neighbor he is on his way back? And the more you see the day approaching, you ought to live every day like it's your last day. You ought to serve him like he might be coming back right now. You ought to be engaged and actively involved in doing the work of him because only what we do for Christ will last. Only what we do for him will be counted in the end. Well, Pastor, what is my motivation to come into the assembly? I tried to share with you some of the benefits you can get when you come on a regular basis. But if you need motivation, I only got one for you. One Friday he died. He died on Calvary's cross. Got up early Sunday morning. If that ain't enough motivation for you to come to his house, you ought to feel uncomfortable when you can't make it. There ought to be something on the inside that says, I need to be in the house of the Lord. Yes, he died. And yes, he got up. And when I come, I want to come because I know I can be a blessing to somebody else. Yes! Hold on. Grounded in faith, but growing to serve. We're grounded in the faith, but we're growing to serve him, to serve one another. We want to extend an invitation to maybe someone here that live your life without Christ. This is your opportunity to come. 
to give your life to Christ. This is your moment.